are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, well, he's, he's on his way, so he'll be here soon. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then, we like to have these fun bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentaries or something completely different. And this is something completely different. It is going to be October very soon, which means it's another round of Out Now Horror bonus episodes, which has been a lot of fun in the past. And I'm aware that the listeners really like these. I look forward to these as well. Uh, I know our guests do as well. And um, so, yeah, that's that's what's going to be happening on these special bonus episodes for the next five weeks of October that we get to have. Um, I'm going to be joined by some guests. We're going to go over a specific topic or maybe even a commentary and just talk about a lot of things horror-related. So uh, tune in and get, you know, get ready because that's what we're doing. This this week we're doing um, the first 2017 special is going to be focused on horror adaptation. So basically uh, horror movies that have been adapted from uh, from uh, best-selling novels by a number of famous horror authors, horror movies adapted from true stories uh, based, based on true events in some way, and um, horror movies based off games, believe it or not, as well. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different forms of adaptation, and I think... Uh, I think that's going to provide us plenty of things to talk about. So, yeah, let's get to our guests here. First up, from Why So Blue and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, he himself is a New York Times bestseller. It's Brandon Peters. That's me. He's right. (laughs) And from Joe Blow, and also the producer and co-writer of the upcoming Sick for Toys, he's based on a true event. It's Jimmy O. It begins. (laughs) That's my bell. That's my bell. I've had coffee. little jittery. little jittery, are we? Well... (laughs) Jimmy, Brandon, how are you guys doing? How are you doing? It's it's my oh. favorite podcast time of year. Hey, as we entered this show, look who got look who arrived. It's Abe. I arrived on the back of a witch's broom. <laughs> well, you're you're just in time because we're just getting started here. I've just introduced our guests. Jimmy and Brandon are here. What? Hey guys. Hi. <laughs> Not spooky at all. And uh, so yeah, that the the idea <laughs> the idea of this podcast is like I said, we're going to go over kind of horror adaptation. Um, and I've already divided into categories, and I just, I, I guess we'll just kind of start getting into it here. I, I, the, Let's uh, do it. The, the first, the first topic of discussion is you know horror based off of from from authors' work, um, and so there's there's a lot of names that I can you know go through. I mean, most recently, uh, Stephen King's obviously back in the spotlight again because it is currently making ducats of money at the box office. Aaron, did you know? The Exorcist was based off of a best-selling novel. I, I, I was aware of this. I, I've heard a thing or two about that. I've got a lot more of those that are going to blow your <laughs> more mind. More of those gems. I like that. What's this, uh, William Peter Blatty, right? Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's. I mean, the, the work of many authors for the, you know, since film has begun has always been a, you know, a key inspiration when it comes to, you know, making a variety of films, let alone horror films. I mean, you can go back to, I mean, we... When we first started these episodes, we were talking about horror, horror, you know, by the decade, and we started with, you know, the 20s, obviously, in, like, the early days, and you have things with films like Frankenstein or Dracula, which are obviously based off very notable novels, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mm-hmm. and Bram Stoker's Dracula. And, I mean, nobody ever t- really talks about it, but I find it funny that the, pretty much the entire catalog of Alfred Hitchcock is like, hey, um, I like this novel, let's just write, just write a script off that. Yeah. It's pretty much, you just, you know, give me a book and I'll make it. For sure. I mean, it's – and, like, something like Psycho, he went to the point of, like, I, not only am I buying the rights to this, I'm buying every single copy so nobody knows the story. Like, it's, like, a lot of that kind of stuff. So he right. Can, so he can make his work, you know, make these films and have them go, you know, fairly unknown to an extent. But, you know, there's also a number of bestsellers 
um, that fit into this category. I mean, obviously Stephen King's a huge one, but something mm-hmm. like, like Jaws. Jaws was a huge best-selling novel before the, you know, mm-hmm. as the movie was coming out. Just looking did at you, some, yeah. Did you know that The Exorcist Three was based <laughs> off a best-selling novel? <laughs> Who was that one written by? William Peter Blatty, yeah. off his no novel of Legion. Way. Yeah. Yep. Well, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, Stephen King is obviously had a, a ton of his work adapted for film, for TV. Never heard of him. Oh well, let me tell you. <laughs> well, he lives in a cottage in Maine, so nobody's really heard of him. He recently exactly. had a hit a hit movie uh, called The Dark Tower, based off some. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That one. I, I missed uh, The Dark Tower. To be honest, I kind of skipped that one. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not also it's also not horror, so there's no real reason to talk about it. Uh, they, yeah, know, exactly. I mean, but yeah, that's that movie. I mean, yeah. Uh, so let's talk Stand by Me and The Green Mile. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Stephen King and himself could have been like a whole episode. I mean, there's there's plenty of works, um, you know, from the man. He has plenty of books to go by. Are there? Do you guys have like favorites of his, you know, adaptations as far as horror films go? I mean, uh, De Palma's Carrie. Uh, Kubrick's The Shining, which is of course obvious, obvious, obvious. Uh, the mm. I, I like The Mist. There are some Abba ones. Like I, I mean, I like the the miniseries. That those used to be the thing for me when I was growing up. Oh, like yeah, Salem's Lot and The Stand. Mm. Or like well, I wasn't old enough for Salem's Lot, yeah. but like It and Tommy Knockers, um, Stand, Storm of the Century, uh, Rose Red, Lingo, the, Ling- the Lingo uh. Years with Bronson Pinchot. Oh, but what about that awful TV movie about The Shining? I hated that oh, movie. Oh, gosh. That, uh, the remake in, like, 1999 or whatever? Yeah. Stephen so, Webber. Yeah, that right. was so, so I was I, So it's bad. I was super into it, though. Like, I was young at the time, and I already liked The Shining a lot. And I'm like, there's another Shining? And I was watching it on TV. And at the time, it's like, okay, this is effective, I guess. Now, yeah, you look at it mm-hmm. like, this is terrible. But, uh, but you oh, know, when, terrible. when you're, like, 10 years old, it's like, this is actually, like, I'm enjoying this well enough. Where I'm like, there's, <laughs> this is a three-night thing. I got to keep watching watching i gotta see where this goes exactly. with commercial breaks though it takes you out of the flow oh yeah uh, exactly. it's a mini it's a tv mini series i mean <laughs> like, you're, you're used to the flow um, there's uh there's firestarter that's kind of a interesting one because it's it's almost like this other world x-men kind of movie mm-hmm. that firestarter is like, a good movie legit good movie i, I liked it uh one that gets lost i think in the discussion a lot is the dead zone for some reason which is dead odd. <gasps> Because it's awesome, and it, Christopher Walken's great in it, and it's David Cronenberg it, film. And it's uh, fairly timely, if you think about yeah, it. Martin, yeah, Martin Sheen's character, very much. Uh, <laughs> it's a relevant movie right now, I would say. Yeah, I actually, uh, during the election time, I posted a picture of the uh, of Martin Sheen and holding the baby, and I was like, yeah, that seems fitting. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's also, um, he had ones that, like, He'd make, you know, they make one off his book, and it would spawn like multiple sequels. Like you have like Children of the Corn, and the Sometimes mm-hmm. They Come Back series, and they all usually sucked. Those <laughs> were pretty bad. Well, Children of the Corn I, is know, like the Land Before I, Time of horror movies, right? That just keeps going. Well, I kind of corn- like the first Children of the Corn. I know it's not a good movie, but I kind of like it just because of the Linda Hamilton benefit. I'm a big Linda Hamilton fan, so I'm good with that movie. Courtney Gaines is pretty good in it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it, that series has produced uh, Naomi Watts, uh, Eva Mendez. Uh, um, what's uh, uh, Peter Horton, obviously, from 30-something. So there you go. <laughs> who, else, uh, who else was big in uh, There's someone else. I just watched that awful remake of oh, uh, that, Children, that was, of Children of the Corn. 
Yes, it, it's it was a made for cable thing, uh, and, it, and it's, it's got that it's, guy that's on all these all the TV shows. I can't remember his name. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's Alias. pretty god awful. It's awful. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Awful. I know one of the actors in it, like not personally, personally, but I've had connection with the actor, and it's he's fine. It's just such a terrible, terrible movie on every level. Well, let's see. I mean, we could talk about Stephen King a lot. I want to go through some. I mean, we. I mentioned, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula. There's, there's other. I mean, and as far as kind of more contemporary authors that have had, you know, lots of books and some adaptations. You have people like Clive Barker and Dean Koontz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Barker in particular, you get what like the Hellraiser films. Hellraiser, Candyman, Nightbreed. Uh, Nightbreed. Yeah, Nightbreed. You guys are Nightbreed still fans. One of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, based, based off Cabal. Yes. The director's uh-huh. cut is so joyful. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, Hellraiser was based off, like, he's got the Hellbound Heart, and he's got a bunch of different novels for it, which don't really resemble the movie too much, aside from Pinhead and some aspects of it. Like, the, the movie was kind of its own thing mm-hmm. in comparison. But, yeah. yeah, Barker was a guy that was, you know, he's going to lift off, but just, I mean, he had three films, and that's kind of it. Well, I mean, I think you're forgetting a little thing called The Midnight Meat Train. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. What's weird is that the first time I watched that movie, I'd heard a little bit of the hype machine on it because I'd heard a few people say, yeah, it's really good. I saw it. And I was like, this isn't good. The, the CGI sucks. <laughs> the, it, yeah, there was a little pretty, bit of hype for it. There was. But to be fair, I watched it. I think it was about like uh, a few months back. Just it was on cable. And I'm like. Ah, it's all right. It's it, it played better than I remembered it. I guess maybe letting the hype die down. You know, it 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 it, it worked for me. I guess. I remember seeing well, the I, trailer I for it for like six months before the movie finally like it like it took oh, forever yeah. to come out. And I was like, yeah. and it's a very striking title, The Midnight Meat Train. So it's like, oh, this trailer again. <laughs> so, well, didn't it play very like limited like theaters, like maybe yeah, like friends yeah. and family? Yeah, showing? I think so. I, when I watched it, it was on demand. And I, I hit the button, and uh, it had an introduction from Clive Barker, and he's like, Hi, this is Clive Barker, and I'd like to, to welcome you to the world premiere of Midnight Train. <laughs> I was like, oh, So enthusiastic. You can tell he was so bummed that his movie was going straight to video, but... Uh-huh. I, I, I'm surprised that a movie called Midnight Meat Train didn't like automatically generate like 20 sequels like right away. Like that seems like hey, he how... had he had an eye for that Bradley Cooper before everyone else. That's true. Yeah, he, he yeah. did. Who's the other guy in that movie? Uh, 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 Vinnie, Vinnie Jones. Jones. Vinnie, Vinnie Jones. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 killer. <laughs> throughout. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The subway butch. I mean, he's on the poster. He, he's on the cover. Yeah. That's kind of obvious. <laughs> And then, of course, Dean Koontz gave us Phantoms, which Ben Affleck is the bomb in. Phantoms was a bomb, He's a good sheriff. <laughs> no, yes, Phantoms is not a good movie, and it was a, it was a bomb, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 actually, I, still... I saw it opening weekend uh, just because I was a Rose McGowan fan. I'm like, I'm going to go see it. And I, I, liked the, I liked the first half of it. No, until the I, government shows up, it's a really good movie. Yes. Yeah, like that first part with just her, and I think it's, I, I want to say Joanna Going, but I, Yes, I, it is. It's bro- Joanna Going. Yeah. I, I liked those two. I liked. I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. And you, you're right. Once I, Peter O'Toole shows up, you're just kind of like, wow, this just went to Shitsville. It's surprisingly <laughs> similar to Dreamcatcher, which I, I, I recently watched. 
because I, because I feel like because I feel I felt like punishing myself. Uh, but where like you, you sure did. But you have like a story where it's fairly closed off and features just like friends or in Phantoms its sisters, um, and then the government arrives. So in that movie, it's Morgan Freeman and Top Sizemore and like a lot of nonsense, and it just goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already not good, but then it goes way off the rails, much much like Phantoms kind of does, where it's like, okay, Peter oh O'Toole and the government show up. I have to I have to thank the uh, old lady at the the movie theater opening weekend that uh, turned me away from phantoms when i tried to buy a ticket because i was not old enough i was uh 16 and he had to be 17 to buy a ticket and then i i didn't get to see it till i I rented it and uh thank you to that woman for turning me down for phantom well now let me ask you this when when did you eventually see it how old were you I was 16 when it came on video, you know, for oh, okay, rental. Okay. I was going to say, maybe if you saw, like, when you're older, maybe you would, didn't like it because you're older. But, okay, you didn't like it as a 16. <laughs> no. no. I, I mean, I saw it when I was, like, 11. It was on HBO or something like that. And it was like, oh, this is this is not good. <laughs> I yeah. Like, when I watched it, I was like, wow, why do the people hate this? This is pretty good. And then the government showed up and then stuff happened. Because, like, like, uh, like, beforehand, it's just Leif Schreiber acting weird. It's like, well, Leif Schreiber's great in this. I don't know what the problem is. And then, yeah, then it's like Black Goo gets everywhere on Peter and Peter O'Toole's walking around acting cool. Like, it's like, what's happening? What, what went on? <laughs> Spider-Man 3? Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot. It's the Venom. It's the Venom. Se- it's the Venom prequel. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a sequel to Life, uh, which which was also a Venom mm-hmm. prequel. That's what it, it's it a, was. A sequel to Life. <laughs> yes, because because as we all know, Life, as we all know, Life was a Venom prequel, but then Phantoms was a was a weird prequel to <laughs> weird sequel to Life before it was. Ever which developed. Life was a, a remake of the Eddie uh, the, uh, what was it the Martin Lawrence. Yes, the Eddie Murphy like Martin Lawrence movie. Yes, it's, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they escape prison, become white, go to space, and that's how they evade custody. And then wow. uh, yeah, the, yeah. How it it's a really, the Marvel comics had a lot of really weird ideas when it came to Venom. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, really? <laughs> you think? Yeah. But that's Tom Hardy, though. He's going to save it. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to that one. I'll, keep, I'm going to say that keeping, right now. Keeping Koontz in mind, um, Odd Thomas is a film I really enjoy. I, know I enjoy that film, too. Yeah. Yeah. Odd, Odd Thomas, Thomas is, a good is uh, something that I think was mentioned to me by a friend of the show, Scott Mendelson. And he's like, oh, it's really good. You should see it. And I watch it. And I really did enjoy it. I thought that there was uh, uh, some kind of uh, eerie Indiana-esque type feels about it, uh, where it's kind of spooky, but also at the same time, it's kind of just like this cool guy in town um, who can talk to ghosts. And uh, it kind of touched me at the end there. It was nice. Well, I mean, no. keep, keeping that in mind, I mean, there's, all, there's you know, in addition to kind of the more mature horror novelists that are out there, there are younger ones. I mean, you can think of Neil Gaiman has you know, done a number of... I was thinking about that. I was wondering if that mm-hmm. would fit. It, this, it would just uh, like I mean, Coraline's not strictly horror, but I mean, it certainly it's, it's like got you know, some it's like it's like young adult. Oh, it horror. definitely, yeah, it definitely. I mean, there's some really spooky stuff, but I definitely would consider that a horror family film for sure. It okay. definitely has horror elements, and I, you know, one of the ones that well, I was thinking of when we, it, it's not the most popular film, and I kind of love it, but a lot of people didn't like it. But you know, you have Peter Straub's Ghost Story, which I, I thought was kind of cool. Actually, you have like uh, I, I think it's Fred Astaire. Um, uh, Alice oh, Green. that yeah, that one, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's got this kind of it's it's the special effects are all a little wonky, mm-hmm. but uh, Alice Krieg is pretty good, and you have it's kind of cool to see like oh, I'm trying to think of the other guys that are in it. It's like Melvin uh, Douglas, uh, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., John, yeah, John Houseman, uh, John Houseman, yeah, Patricia Neal's in there. I mean. 
I kind of dug that movie. And Alice Krieg was kind of like, and she, she, ironically, she also did another Stephen King movie. She did Sleepwalkers, which was bad. <laughs> was uh, bad. You know, we, we were uh, talking about family movies. Uh, Goosebumps. Yep, that was just. Uh, yes, I, which I have a feeling you know that movie's going to spawn a whole. That's going to be a gateway for a lot of kids at a young age into like horror because it's a. That was a fun flick. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's not a bad. It was better. You know, it had. No business being that good, and it was good. It was like, oh, okay. I remember, yeah, like, I was, I was, right. I was, I, I saw the panel at Comic Con like a year before it came out, and I was like, this, I like the idea of this, and it turned out to be like, a, yeah, a pretty solid film. And they're making a sequel, so I was like, I had two children that were very into that movie, and it was playing in my house a lot, and I did not mind. Yeah, they have, yeah. They have many things that I'm like, oh my gosh, not this again, but Goosebumps, always fun. Well, I wanted to get to some kind of individual. Tra- I mean, we could talk more about this, but I mean, that was one that's on my list because I the 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 list I formed for authors was based off films that I've uh, films that have books I've actually read. I tried to kind of limit okay. myself there because there's so much to go through. Um, and yeah, goose, goose. I hate I hate books. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Goosebumps was certainly one of the choices because I was when I was younger, I read a lot of the Goosebumps books. Yeah, and, the, yeah. And the, and Goosebumps. Yeah. The film is not specifically based off one book. It's just more of a, it's a it's a neat idea of having Arl Stein as a character within the film whose books come to life essentially. Um, mm. But it it wor- like it works for what it's doing. Um, I really did. Yeah, Dylan Brand's great in it. Oh yeah, he really is. Dylan oh wait, Minette. no, it's yeah, Dylan Minetti. It's yeah. like all those guys are—they look the same. <laughs> you know, I—you uh, were talking about stories. There's a sing—you know—I was looking at singular stories, and you know, an author, you know, an author that we could bring up and talk about is uh, Edgar Allan Poe. But his particular story, *The Black Cat*, has been adapted a ton. Yes, mm-hmm. so. that's what I saw. There was a, like a version of that that I can never remember. But I saw it like it, it actually scared me because it's like this guy. It was like some kind of like just he was like a mobster, like a crotchety old guy who just like was try, like this cat was like torturing him and he couldn't like escape its wrath of just it being in the, around the house and doing stuff. And it was like a, it like Abe, I've told you often that like thriller was a thing that scared me when I was younger. Right, music uh, video, Michael Jackson's and, Thriller. Yeah, Michael Jackson's Thriller, yeah. and that was and this Black Cat story was like it was like I was at some friend's house with my mom or something, and like I was just it was like on TV, and it was like that cat thing followed by Thriller, and it was like just like it left enough of a stamp for me to be like I'll always remember this as something that scared me when I was younger. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like well, you... sorry, Jimmy. Go ahead. Well, I was, just gonna, I was just gonna say uh, that yeah, the, the Black Cat story like that's one that's that, yeah, it is like there there's some you know. <laughs> Just the idea of it, for some reason, has always been something that stuck with me. And got, and kind of... I mean, it's funny. Wait. It even spawned one of the uh, craziest titles of all time in a movie with the Sergio Martins' uh, uh, Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. That's mm. a, a Black Cat adapt, adaptation, but uh, you wouldn't know by the title. You know who's afraid of cats? Who? Sal Volcano of the Impractical Jokers, which I saw the other night, <laughs> Sunday. Jeez. See, I told you I'd do it. I told you I'd do it. <laughs> it's my favorite show. Uh, okay, we can move on now. <laughs> I think I found it. I think it's this um, this uh, Two Evil Eyes movie. Um, oh, so that's a George oh, Romero George and, Romero uh, Dario and Dario Argento. Argento. Yeah. Is the Black Cat one directed by Romero? It might be. Um, yeah, it's a little segment in there. I think that's the. I think that's the one. I think I found it. Yeah, I think that's oh, the, cool. the the one that I watched. When I was really, which makes sense for a Romero film, of course. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or, what about Cat Eyes? No, the latter. Uh, it was uh, written by. It was uh, Argento did the Argento Black Cat did, one. Okay. 
And it's funny because mm. uh, Lucio Fulci, who they were kind of rivals at the time, he made a film, The Black Cat, as of well. Of course he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, of course, yeah. Can we just talk about cat horror films? Because we got, we got cat people. We got... We talk got, about uh, Sleepwalkers, right? Pet, Pet Cemetery. Cat of Nine Tales. We got, yeah. we, got, we got a lot of stuff. We can do that a whole thing That darn cat with Christina cats. Ricci and Dougie Doug. That darn cat. Toonses. 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 That was scary. <laughs> oh, God, now I'm going to giggle. I told you I'm in a weird mood. I need a bell. I like it. Uh, there's, there's so many of the cats. There's, there's, another, there's another notable one um, that... that I don't, I don't, maybe you guys could help me as far as how many actual adaptations of his work there have been in film, but H.P. Uh, Lovecraft... Uh, oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, Oh, was, yeah, there's been a ton. I mean, Rihanna... But yeah, only Stuart Gordon does them... Really good. Yeah, Re- like, yeah, Reanimator comes to mind immediately, which is a movie that I love, and I just got the, uh, like the giant Arrow Blu-ray box. Of that movie. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, from Beyond. That's another good one uh, yeah. that Gordon did. Is Castle Freak a Lovecraft one too? I believe it is. Let me okay. double check because I I do think it is. That one was uh, with Barbara, right? Was she in yeah, Castle it was, Freak? It was. Yeah, it was her and uh, Combs again. They yeah, always I, try to I, get those two together to do the. Well, they have some serious chemistry, man. I love, oh, yeah. I love Barbara. God, she's good. Uh yeah, that is that is H.P. Lovecraft as well. I think. Yeah, there's so. a ton of films. Okay, I see. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, I, I, there's. Well, they went through that whole period, that whole studio. Uh, they were just making just those, they're making them on the cheap. Yeah, Empire Picture. So, yeah, they're making some, uh, and and some of them worked really well. And you some, also, you also not had them. a few more high profile, like uh, In the Mouth of Madness, uh, John Carpenter's right uh, film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, which H.P. Lovecraft movie, which I think is really underrated, was Dagon. I probably said it wrong, but uh, Dagon, the uh, the uh, and which also which had Ezra Godin and um, I can't remember who the chick was, but it was like kind of like the whole they on island. Did you guys see this? Do you know what I'm talking about? Dagon. Yeah. No, I didn't see it, but uh, it's 2001. Yeah, I highly recommend it. it it's a really creepy. Creepy film. There's some real. It's really well done. Really much better than uh, I, I think. Be, well, definitely one of the better adaptations of uh, I, I H.P. Lovecraft. A, I saw a pretty good one recently. I did a Screen Factory review as uh, the Resurrected with Chris Sarandon. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, a good that movie. Was, yeah. Really good. Okay. And Sarandon mm-hmm. rolls his dialect, the book excerpts, uh, excerpts really well. Off his, mm, off his nice. Stomach, so. It's a pretty good one. I never heard of it or anything. I think it was it was straight to video back in the nineties, but. Oh, most of them did, yeah. Yeah, I know the kind of dream project for Guillermo del Toro is in at, at the Mountains of Madness, which um, will probably never happen. Never happen. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think he's finally given up on that. Which it's a real shame because it's a really there's but like look now at the, now I mean, they could do it. They, well, look at the success of like it. It's like you think maybe there's a possibility like that a big R-rated super you know budget horror movie like that could come into fruition at some point. I mean, there's yeah, they yeah, are. I mean. They're also trying to sell Lovecraft to kids. There's a, a little cartoon series called Howard Lovecraft. And it's got oh. Cthulhu's and stuff like I was that. Say, is he like a pet Cthulhu well. that walks around and, like, and wears a hat backwards and, you know, other kind of things like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's well, a well, pretty cool Cthulhu, man. Well, I mean, Stranger Things was season down. two He's... is going to have a Cthulhu running around, I guess, in there somewhere. So, <laughs> hmm. Oh, sweet. Based off, the, based off the poster, at least, it seems to have some Lovecraftian influences going on. But, uh, 
Nice. But uh, let's see, what else here? Uh, Anne Rice is obviously a notable figure. I, I, not too many, I guess. You know, with, I, no, they've, don't, yeah. they've only done the, Queen of the Damned. They did, they did the uh, yeah. and then they did Exit to Eden, which obviously not a horror film, so yeah. we don't, and it's terrible, so yeah, we, we don't need to talk, talk about, about it. That. Yeah. <laughs> I, it bums me out, too, because I love her writing. I love her books. I think she's got this really elegant, but very dark and sexual and creepy style which they haven't been able to capture. And, you know, I, I like Tom Cruise a lot. I really do. But when you're looking for daring, he's not really daring. Like he, I, I thought he worked as Lestat in the in He the worked Empire. part of the time. He didn't work when he needed to be scary. It, that's fair. Like, yeah, it, I, don't, I, don't, I, never, I, rare, I don't view that film as one that's trying to kind of scare me. And, and if that's it, kind of what it's going to be. But it could have been because the book is actually – the book has several creepy sequences. And, and had, they, had they gotten the right actors and not Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, it could have been amazing. But with mm. that said, it was still a really – very stylish, very good film. Uh, it, it would, it very well directed. It, it would have helped if Brad Pitt wasn't just being mopey the whole movie. Uh, oh, I, God, yeah. I, I think he's miscast well, in that movie. Like, I think Tom Cruise actually he works. Is. And if he, if he was given maybe someone to kind of work against that was more appropriate for Louis, uh, maybe that more. Because, I mean, the rest of the cast is pretty great in that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. So. Even, like, uh, I, I, I'm a huge fan. I like Antonio Banderas when it comes to his Spanish-speaking roles. I, I think... When he does the American films, he's a little goofy and over the top. But in that movie, he was badass. That was good stuff. Yeah, the, the supporting cast is so good. I, I, almost everything about that movie is great. I, if it just had better leads, I think it would have been. It could have been amazing. It just they they just. Tom Cruise was fine on on certain levels, but no, he wasn't. He yeah. wasn't Lestat. I, I don't want. Like I don't want to call into question Neil Jordan's abilities as a director, but I mean, I do think they're the the intention he was going for was less of kind of it was more gothic horror than like you know spooky horror if that makes sense. yeah yeah well gothic horror can be scary it can, it can be in the I mean yes but I mean as a kind of like Tom Cruise when you Brad the... Pitt vampire movie it wasn't exactly like going for yeah well I exactly. think you guys are forgetting Christian Slater I mean he had a you know he was fin- no hey I'm just trying to well, talk to you man <laughs> yeah hey man can I interview you in San Francisco <laughs> Look, guys, he, he he was fine in that role. He wasn't the problem. That's not good the problem. Slater. <laughs> I do a pretty goddamn good Christian Slater. Can I say that? Can I say goddamn? I, I believe we're I believe we're supposed to we're contractually obligated to now call him Globe Globe winner Christian Slater. Yeah. <laughs> Should I just do the whole podcast like this? Maybe. Should I do that? When we do our. I mean, seriously. <laughs> when we do our Broken Arrow commentary, then then you can do that. I'll be perfect. Uh, I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. That is going to be amazing. Yeah. Did you guys watch Queen of the Damned, by the way? Yeah, I, I, I've heard no. terrible things for it. I, I never saw I watched saw half it. hour of it, and I turned it off. Okay. Is it's that bad? Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. Why do you bad. think that her books don't really get adapted? Is it because people just aren't that interested in vampire movies, or just the track record has been eh? I don't think they're really easy to tra- translate because they're so... Her books are really rich and they're really character driven and they they've got a lot of stuff going on. I she's just a, she's I also maybe... very she's also very involved in these too. Like it's that she doesn't just yeah. kind of lease it out and oh, do didn't. what they want. Oh, I see. What you're she, saying. She's very. Okay. I mean, she's I mean, she's still working today with her son, I believe. Right? They. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. And like, aren't they making a, a TV show? Isn't that like that's what they're doing, right? Girl? That is that Chronicles. Yeah. yeah, the Vampire yeah. Chronicles. Like they're oh, okay. Yeah, which. You know what? Now, now I would watch it. Absolutely, I would be like, I would love to see a great 
version of Lestat and Louis and, and all the, I love those characters. I think there's, they're so rich and there's so much you could do with them. I'd love to see it. You might as well. She has so many novels about those characters. Might especially, as well turn into it. Especially at a time like this where you can go on not just basic cable, but like, you know, some premium channels. That premium channel. Of, yeah. Get into yeah. The, the, the kind of material that you'd see in Anne Rice's work and put that to screen and whatnot, like, or to, you know, to the small screen or whatnot. And, and as no. well as give it the kind of attention it would require as far as budgets and design and not just you know make it look like a cardboard box tv show like you know there's yeah ways to go with it let's see i want to i guess i want to get more into the you know any specific picks that we've made as we keep going because uh-huh. there's still other things to talk about and like i said i i've made ones that are going specifically off of books that i've actually read in my life um so i'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start this off with a silence of the lamps um, oh yeah that's on my list yeah I mean, that that movie's terrible because yeah. <laughs> it's kidding just just later get out of here it's obviously a classic but also it, i mean it's it's a, a fantastic i mean it's a it's a fantastic book that you know was able to work into you know a series itself given that there's more books in the series mm-hmm. you know, there's uh, red dragon which is manhunter ah, and red dragon father Vader deliver. <laughs> and there's hannibal which is a terrible movie um they all the sequels suck to Silence of the Lambs. I don't. I didn't like any of them. Any of them. I hated Red Dragon. I, the only one I liked wasn't a sequel. Was Manhunter. Yeah. Well, the only the only one I like is the actual sequel, which is Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Technically, the sequel to Manhunter. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the Thomas Harris book of Silence of the Lambs is it's it's really good, and the movie it's a great is, book. It is a great book, and the movie's very faithful to it. Like it, there's very yeah, it's good it's, there's not much separating the you know the, the two of them. No, um, it's very very close, and they they did a, a, an amazing adaptation. It's a really fantastic one. There's a reason it won the awards and got the acclaim. I mean, it's still a really brilliant movie. It's a big five winner. It's got a what actor, actress, screenplay, picture, and director. Picture right? and director. But yeah, yeah. but now guys. When it gets acclaim, prestige, or a big box office, it's not horror anymore. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that drives God. That gets on my nerves. No. Like if something really horrible happens, if a kid is mutilated, if a cop is, you know, his insides are ripped up and you know put on a freaking cage, it's a horror movie. It's got horror elements. It, it, there is not only one kind of horror. Horror is there's so it, many it's different a, it's kinds a of kidna- horror. It's a kidnapped police procedural. That's... Oh yeah, it's like Law and Order, basically. <laughs> right. Like Law and Order. I mean, I, I, dark, I'm, dark, dark. I'm pretty sure we have about 20 hours of podcast just explaining how there's more than one type of horror. So I think I don't yeah. think we need to retread that ground. No, but you know, with it, people are going, oh, it's not horror. I'm like, shut up. The, the, the it thing is bonk. that's the it, most ridiculous it, it, of the uh it's not horror so, ever yeah like i, I can it, hear i can hear your arguments for silence or seven or not really jaws but jaws maybe but like it, like it it's like, like what yeah i i when i started reading because you you know i loved it uh mm-hmm. um I, when i started reading the the things I was just like, are you? Did did you guys see a different film? Because I, I don't know. When a kid kid gets his arm ripped off, it's pretty horrific. By and, a by a supernatural clown being. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. That's 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 a horror film. I'm sorry, that is a horror film, and it, it's weird. I, I don't know. I feel like audiences just want to tear things apart lately. It just drives me crazy, man. Yeah. It's like already with a you know you. you like I've noticed with certain, like whenever we, you know, we can see, sometimes we can see movies early and then we say, hey, this was really awesome. 
almost all the you know the uh, comments are like, oh, I don't trust those. They also <laughs> raved about Batman versus Superman. I'm like, no one raved about that. <laughs> Come on, let's get there, real. There may have been one person, but nobody talks. No, there's a few. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was at one. Of the, no, I actually didn't go to that screening. I heard the aftermath of one of those screenings, and yeah, no, there you generally when there it gets a lot of praise. It's you know, generally there's something worthwhile about the movie. So, but uh, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, but, I'm just, yeah. But what's your point about Signs of the Lamb? <laughs> I have no point. No, no, no. Uh, to Aaron's point, it was just uh, if you want oh, to call it horror, movie, I mean, Fine, that guy. Sure, there's sure. like a scene where the guy, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's a scene where like a, Hannibal Lecter rips some guy's face off. I mean, where is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and where yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it's. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love Jimmy's point because this is actually what Aaron and I talked about just literally a couple days ago, just off mic. We were just saying that horror has so many different types of genres or, I mean, so many different elements to it that um, that's why mm-hmm. it's so unique, so neat. And that's why it's worthy of us talking about it in these monthly commentaries, uh, or especially in October, where we can really break down how we view horror. I mean, the uh, the elements of well, book adaptation is crazy considering that you have short story uh, kids' stories, um, mm-hmm. full-blown like thousand-page novels. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, also Abe, to your point, uh, Science of the Lambs is a has a man keeping a woman in a pit he dug in his house, keep having her lotion her skin so he can use her skin as a bodysuit. Right. But, and, and he's, <laughs> but it's he's, not horror. Right. But, it, it's but a serial that's killer. not horror. So, you know. It's a it's a movie about mental illness. That's what I mm-hmm. apparently like. Ah. Uh, it's a very, it's a feel good movie, is what it is. It's a, it's a romance. Insert goodbye horses song right now. Yeah. <laughs> precious, <laughs> oh precious. You know I'm going to use that now too. Gonna no, it's going to bookend the show. I can never listen to that song without thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please use it. Oh, I will. Please. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> you, you, the listeners will have already heard the beginning of Goodbye Horses as this episode opens, so you'll be, be fine. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say something about it. Oh, yeah, that's another movie that I saw when I was really young and probably shouldn't have seen Sons of the Lambs. <laughs> um, specifically, oh, yeah. specifically, Lecter's escape scene uh, where he does, where he, where, he kill, where he kills Officer Pembroke, who seems like nothing but, you know, pleasant to the guy, but, like, beats him up, and then they, like, discover him, like, hanged like an angel with his intestines spread out over the thing. And then, like... And, that's not horror. And then that's I rem- a romance. I remember getting so <laughs> creeped out by this kind of the search they're all having in the elevators and then they find him in the shaft and they think it's him and it's not him. Then he's in the back of the ass, the ambulance. It's just like, this is so like fucking Jonathan Debbie is so like amazing at constructing RIP. Uh, so amazing R. at like constructing that whole sequence, let alone the rest of the film. It's, it's just, it's damn impressive. I mean, that movie's Oh, it's outstanding. Outstanding. Well, let me film. ask you guys this because I've always been curious. No, this, it was sort of, <laughs> it was sort of, uh, it was sort of like, I guess told to me by my older siblings, when Lecter, when they're searching for Lecter and they see a body in the elevator shaft, did you guys think that that was him? When you well, part, you guys first saw it. I mean, when I first saw it, I was a kid and I was like, "What's gonna happen here?" So I was on yeah. the edge of my seat without really considering the idea of it not being him. I was just like, "I don't okay. know where this is going." Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, I don't think I thought about it. I think it, 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 the way it happened, you just kind of. I, I I don't I don't yeah I was so involved I just didn't think about it. Okay. I, I don't remember. I don't really remember. I mean, you kind of go along. I feel for... that way too, and I'm just curious if if uh, perhaps I I you know I was like, oh well yeah no it's clearly got to be him. But I was like, no mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on right now because there's so much. 
that and is this the end of the movie and it's not the end of the movie like if i if i watched it now and like haven't seen it before like i'd certainly suspect something's up based off of how clever lector has been in this whole scenario so i wouldn't necessarily yeah. take it to, but i mean okay. that's not the point it's going about yeah. going on the ride it's uh, a horror movie yeah. <laughs> brandon uh, do you have a pick you want to go through here uh well I, I went over some of mine through this conversation i wanted to point out you know obviously uh bram stoker's dracula but the the hammer version with uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, yeah. okay. because that one's like mm. a a tight kind of like cliff notes version of it that works like really well with its pacing and stuff, and you get all the gist and all the all the good stuff out of it. No, it's it's just like a really tight, fun version of that story that we've seen adapted so many times. And Christopher Lee is fantastic, and so is Peter Cushing in it too. But it's a really good streamlined version of Dracula. This is a silly question, but because you either reviewed this or I'm just like talking mad. Is is there like a box set of those Hammer like horrors nope. on Blu-ray? There they are all over the place in terms of rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK uh, has a they don't have any box sets, but they have more of them available through a, a singular studio than here. But here it's it's all over the place, and then there's just a uh, unclear um, idea of what like they would sell when put out. So they're always very iffy when they get put out by like Warner brothers has a bunch of them that they are sitting on. Yeah, Cause that's an area where mm. I'm like, I'm okay in, but I'd love to like, just have a sweet set where mm-hmm. I could really just kind of digest a lot of them. There was a set last year from universal had like eight or 10 hammer movies in it. And it had like a, one of the, it had brides of Dracula. It had one of the Frankenstein movies, had a, a, a werewolf movie, and there's been some two packs. They're kind of all over the place here in the U.S., but you can find Hammer stuff. It's just like I, I want to hope, get, like you know, hold out hope that like there'll just be one kind of awesome set or like two volumes of awesome sets or whatever that will satisfy me as far as what I want from these. That would be cool. So I'll just wish in one hand. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, <laughs> how about you, Abe? Do you have another uh, other pick in kind of authors area? American Psycho. No. Oh. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis and directed by. Oh, great movie. I forget her name. Mary, is it Mary? Uh, Mary Lambert, I think. Mary, okay. Oh, wait, is well, that Lambert? Mary Lambert? Lambert? Mary Just Heron. Mary, Mary Heron. Heron, yes. Heron, Heron, Mary Heron. I'm thinking I mean, that's, Pat Cemetery. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, the, the book is really strangely written, too, and it, you still do get that weird sense of going in and out of Patrick Bateman's mind. Like, is this real? Is it not real? And I think the movie does that pretty effectively as well. Um especially at the end where he's kind of leaving a voicemail for his lawyer. Um, well, I guess it's not a voicemail. It would be, it'd be, uh, uh, whatchamacallit back in the eighties. It'd just be a message. You're you're saying this. And like, one of the things that Mary Harrod gets pissed about is people that have interpreted it where it could be like fictional, like, cause she very much views the film as a straight up satire where everything is happening, but everyone's oblivious to what's going on because of just the nature of the eighties, which is more, yeah, which is the eighties thing. And also, um, such uh, so much of the scene of the of the business card sequence i'm just like this is ridiculous oh, like, yeah these these are all the same fucking business card one of them might have raised lettering but why why are we different shades of white abe there's bone it's bone, hey, yeah. bone. <laughs> <laughs> raised lettering i love how the internal monologue is oh my god and as he's like <laughs> uh, as he's like uh trembling and and putting the card down he can't even he's got paul, paul allen's has a has a watermark on it so i mean it, it... <laughs> But uh, no, American Psycho was um, it got crazy when I was watching the movie, uh, and I really enjoyed it for kind of taking me on this wild ride. I I love how bonkers it gets when he's 
trying to feed a cat into the ATM or shooting his gun and then the whole entire cop car blows up. I that, just love the incredible sequence of just going crazy of him just as a serial killer just losing his mind kind of thing and nobody giving a shit. <laughs> They're just like, no, nah, man, I'll see you at Dorsey. Dorsey. That, that whole yeah. fi- that final sequence, or not the final, but like that big major action sequence you described where yeah. Yeah, it starts with the cat and it ends with him like blowing up a car. And then he it, like he looks at the gun and he's like, what the hell is happening? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's like, what? Uh-huh. And like, yeah, Bale is great in that movie. There's, I mean, there's so many characters. Oh, there's he's fantastic. And uh, like, Defoe, Defoe has great stuff in that movie. And I love the, the way they told him to do the scene. It's like they shot, the, they shot all of his scenes like multiple times where... Like, one version, he plays it as if he knows Patrick Bateman's guilty. The other version, he plays it if he's oblivious. And the third version is, like, he's suspicious of him. And so, like, and they use all, they splice those different takes together as they, like, show his scene. So it's, like, it, there's just a lot of really creative ways of putting that whole movie together. Matt Ross asking, like, asking yeah. him what's wrong all the time. Yeah, Matt Ross, when he, <laughs> before he, uh-huh. before, pre-Silicon Valley Matt Ross, when he's just, like, yeah. really nervous guy. Director Never Gap- look at... Never look at Huey Lewis again the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so like fantastic. just like yeah. Goodbye Horses. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know the ending song, song of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Jimmy, do you have a do you have a movie in mind? You know, as far as I do, goes? actually, yeah. I do. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies, and I think I don't. I I remember showing this to a friend of mine who had never seen it, and it scared the crap out of him. At the original Haunting, uh, based oh. on Shirley Jackson's novel, and it's it's. One of the most terrifying films because it's so beautifully. I mean, Robert Wise, and uh, I, I forgot the cinematographer. Uh, Davis um, Bolton. Think. Uh, shoot, 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 shoot. Davis, Davis Bolton. Bolton. That's yeah. it. It is such. It's a terrifying film, and it has several sequences that are just just chilling. And it's and Julie Harris is unbelievably good, and I, I actually. When I was going to school, I got to talk to Robert Wise about this film, and it it was really a head, which was kind of crazy because he's Robert Wise, one of the greatest directors, and uh, we were just he was telling me about how you know how back at the, when it was made, the you know they had Claire Bloom who was a lesbian in the film, not in real life, I, I don't think, and uh, the just the kind of sexual subtext between her and Julie Harris. And, and they actually had to take something out because they were offended by the the because she she wrote like on the window when her lover leaves like I hate you or something I forgot what it was exactly, but but it that the scene with the, the the doorknob, <laughs> it, it is, it is a long message. Uh, it's just such a it's such an incredible film, really beautiful and really just ha- literally haunting, very haunting film. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, Wilson is on the show. He's in the remake that we all do try not to remember at all. God, I, I, I almost walked out of that remake. I was so angry. I was angry at that movie because it was take that cast and just take a big dump on this on the screen. That movie sucked. So God, I would add up there with the remake of The Fog as two of the worst remakes I've ever made. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's oh, I remake. <laughs> that, so yeah, that's my pick. <laughs> Um, I have a couple others, but I also want to move on. But I was, I mean, and the movies that I'm not even like in love with is more just I wanted to mention based off the authors. Um, one is, uh, <laughs> Jesus. one is um, I Am Legend, um, which is you know from uh-huh. Richard Ma- Richard Matheson, who's you know had a heavy influence. I mean, in terms of kind of both creating a, a, a source for where we get a lot of exploration of vampire mythos uh, turned into a 
zombie film before, which has obviously been a- adapted a few times, um, but with like The Last Man on Earth, with Vincent mm-hmm. Price, uh, The Omega Man with Chuck Heston, and of course the Will Smith adaptation um, from like, 2007. And it's it's still a story that I'd be happy to see done again. And it's a you know it's a concept that's been taken on many times as far as you know being the, the last man on Earth essentially. And I do like the Vincent Price version quite a mm-hmm. bit i think there's a lot of good it's creepy it is it's it has a kind of creepy really vibe creepy. to it and it's vincent mm. price where you kind of just the way he exists in that world i find to be interesting yeah um, um the the chuck heston one that's more fun <laughs> it's just him mm-hmm. bad badassing it around while driving around the city and around la and you could probably huh. watch all three in a row and not be bored yeah those are all unique takes on it yeah, and like yeah. I, I think the Will Smith one, there's a good hour in it yeah. that I really enjoy. Um, no, that's it, not it a takes good a hour. In that there film. is, there's a good hour in there. <laughs> no, especially, there's not. Especially if I overlook some of the CG no. stuff, there's a good hour in that movie, uh, and I think his performance. Yeah, but is really that means that, that's no, it's not. <laughs> I, yes, it is. Will Smith, you can't say no, Will Smith's I'm bad not a big in that fan movie. Of that. My favorite part of I Am Legend was the uh, opening scene from The Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part of that movie. That, I Am Legend sucked. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Again, it's not one that I praise highly, but I do think there's an admirable elements within it. The other thing I was going to mention is 30 Days of Night, uh, which... Oh, okay. oh yeah. Which, okay, I'll give you that. Which I Because I like David Slade quite a bit as a director, and I wish this movie was better. Um, I do mm-hmm. like it. Um, the and, comic was really good. Uh, I, yeah, that's, I like and again, the comic. Yeah, that's what I based my list off these movies. The you know books I've actually read and the yeah the mm-hmm. Steve Niles Ben Tumblesmith's comic which has a number of sequels, uh, and there was one sequel mm-hmm. to the actual movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll not talk about that one. You know, yeah, which I believe I I think I reviewed <laughs> or I have at least uh, Dark Days. Uh, but no, the yeah, the original one it has such a cool premise and I there's some condensing going on, but it's like it's not a long comic. It always made me weird out. But it's like why did they take why did they remove certain things when they could have easily just did what they had? But like, you know, it's the idea of where like you're in Alaska in a town where there's actually a day that lasts or a night that lasts for 30 days. So it gives these into so like vampires discover this and they're like, huh, we go to that town. We can just feast on all of these people for 30 days straight and never have to go to sleep because there's no sun, which is like a really cool idea. And I remember uh, Sam Raimi's production company was a ghost house. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a hold of it and it has a great trailer with like a, it has a muse song so and i was like i was really excited for it and i liked the movie fine it was okay i wish yeah. it did a better job of kind of showing you the 30-day progression that was always my biggest issue where it's like it doesn't feel like 30 days have really passed in this movie um but aside from yeah. there's some cool stuff in there and again i like david slade i think he's i think he has a lot of visual talent and he brought that to hannibal later <laughs> on as well there's some good performances in that one too. Danny yeah. Huston, uh, I, I, I believe Ben Foster. Ben Foster, yeah, that yeah. One. Ben yeah. Foster playing a Ben Foster very, character. Very Ben Foster, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But man, is he good at those roles, man? Oh yeah, I'm sure. No, no, that, no, dude. I've said many times on this podcast. Ben, Ben Foster is my favorite over actor. He, he, he kills <laughs> it all the time. I'm saying another one I had on my on my list that I I've never read the book, but Angel Heart with. Uh, Mickey Rourke and uh, oh, Mickey Rourke, Niro. Lisa Bonet, Charlotte Rampling, De Niro. Though someone would probably go ahead and say it's not horror. No, it deals with <laughs> Satan and stuff. But well, yeah, voodoo and, and all that. Having sex with blood covering their bodies and and people's hearts being ripped out. That's yeah, that's horror. It, that's I'm just sorry. an artistic expression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. So, but yeah, yeah that's actually one of my favorite movies. So good choice. Yeah. It's a nice horror noir. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in its own lead. Like you don't see done very much, but I've never read the book. 
I'd love to have something to have. I haven't seen Angel Heart since like the nineties, so I have no, I have no real frame of reference on it. But it's I, I certainly would. That, like to that was one that. I watched. I watched it pretty. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of Alan Parker because he has a tendency to go very, very different directions with his films. Yeah. You know, from all like uh like you know going from that to the commitments, uh, nothing even close. But I think he's such a fantastic, and that, that movie is like I still think that's one of Mickey Rourke's best performances. That's just a great flick. I, I saw that in college for a class. We watched it. It was mm. pretty cool. Abe, do you have another uh, pick? I do. I was curious if this one would count because I remember reading the book in, or I guess maybe the short story. It's uh, something wicked this way comes, but um, it's more like this kids like you know dark element movie it's not really horror but i enjoyed the book I've, I've never seen the movie itself the 1983 version of the movie but uh the book is good so i guess that that doesn't really count jimmy you you've seen something wicked this way i think we've talked about it before on this podcast i have something wicked this way comes i feel like that's been referenced in some form or another on this on this show i think we did i i, I yeah it's one i saw as a kid i don't yeah. remember much of it it, but, it certainly uh, yeah, I, feels like a kid's kind of movie it's, well, it's like but... a horror fantasy but like yeah made for a younger audience right yeah, yeah i kind of lumped that in with like, i i kind of something wicked this way comes watcher in the woods those mm-hmm. types of movies i you know i grew up on now that because i was already as a kid i was already seeing all the horror films so when i would see a pg horror film like watcher in the woods or that i'd be like um okay it was all right <laughs> you know i was like no one, no, there. You know, I'm like ten, and I'm like, well, not enough no one blood. Gave, there's no and, blood, right? Not this enough hearts stupid. being pulled out. This is stupid. <laughs> but no, I, I like them now. You know, I, I, I liked Watcher in the Woods. I think because I think I had a crush on Lynn Holly Johnson. And I was like, she's cute. Hmm. But there's no, no one I had a crush on, and something this way comes. Wicked yeah, this way comes. Again, I've never seen it, so it never really appealed to me to, uh, to watch it. I just, um, I, I do enjoy that that book story. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Jimmy, you have the last well, one before we go. move on to the next. Uh... Well, I'm going to praise it because I loved it. So I'll go, I'll go with that one. Um, I that one hit me, and I know we we you and I talked about a little bit about it, and you weren't as big of a fan as I was. But I mean, I, I that just had all the nostalgia, all the I, it really reminded me of growing up in a lot of ways. And you know, I, I remember we had a a house not far from where I lived that looked like every demonic spirit used to haunt that. It looked like every mad psycho with an axe used to live there. And I, I used to go there and I always think I would see someone hiding in there. So they, they, yeah, I, I, I was so happy that that movie worked as well as it did for me. And I, I'm, I'm glad it's a success too, because I can't wait for the second part. So there you go. That was my second one. I mean, yeah, I may not be fond of it, but I'm certainly looking forward to whatever they come up with in the sequel. I, I want to see how they mm-hmm. kind of handle the, the book as a whole. Uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm certainly curious where it goes. Maybe uh, it'll be reverse the miniseries for you, Aaron, where the, the second half is better than the first. I'm hoping. For you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean it, we, me and Aaron had this whole discussion about it. We are like, I don't understand you. I don't under. We, we agreed to disagree very, very you know, yeah, because I'm a huge fan. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, huge I don't think at least you're cordial about it. I don't think some of Aaron's concerns yeah. are, are unfounded or wrong. I just think I was, you know, I I was able to enjoy beyond that while I engaged him. I wasn't like a huge fan of it. I did think I, I was okay with it. I enjoyed it. Before we move to um, 
true stories i just wanted to shout out uh, rosemary's baby just because it's a great movie um i haven't oh, yeah. i haven't read the book i heard the book is fantastic as well <laughs> for good reason but um i mean it's just yeah. it's another kind of one that really sticks especially um having you know seen mother recently where the, the tone of that movie certainly is very you know has a rosemary's baby vibe and obviously people are feeling quote-unquote tricked into seeing the movie based off its kind of ad campaign that seemed to you know aspire to resemble something similar to that um but yeah i mean that's just another notable one you know it's the myriad of films that are all i mean we didn't even talk about the exorcist at all um yeah or, yeah or you know yeah. we barely mentioned the shining um but there's you know there's some or psycho there's some landmark films that are horror classics that are all based off of you know acclaimed novels yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to because we gotta. We always we always end up going longer than I expected these, so I want to move on to true yeah. stories now. <laughs> Thank you. That's of course the way we the way we move forward. Um, I mean, we, we all. I mean, with the true stories we all know the the Ed Gein movies of the, you know we just talked about Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then there's Freddy Got uh, Fingered. Freddy oh, wait, that was different. No, no, yes, sorry, that was yeah. different. <laughs> We have the Amity, the first Amityville movie based on a true story. Conjuring well, movies the first two, based on true stories. Amityville yeah, the first two, two yeah. is based on the real story of, which is actually the 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 one that everyone agrees. Yes, that guy went and killed people, but I don't know if it was as batshit crazy as Amityville to no, the possession. No, no, it was that was a fictionalized piece. Of Very movie. fictionalized, but it was yeah. an awesome movie. Yeah, no, I love Amityville too. Yeah. Well, you, uh, but, you like Amityville too more than Amityville, right? I do, yes. I do. Yeah, I, I, I'm still an Amityville horror because I saw it so young, and it, I, it's one of those movies that I'll rewatch, and I think the, the nostalgia carries over for me because I'm like, oh, it's so good, I like it, but I can see why people are kind of like, yay. Yeah, as long as it's not Amityville three, you're championing. Oh god, that was terrible. Yeah, no, there has never been. There's been two good Amityville movies. And I, I don't know about the Jennifer Jason Lee one, but uh, I'm not I hopeful. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, I'm not. They're not. Uh, but the first two are are pretty solid, and it's it's. I I love the fact that they brought up the Amityville home and The Conjuring too. I thought that was that is, awesome. That, that I, was something I found to be pretty clever because I I think Conjuring uh -huh. two is okay, but I like that the they use that as like basically like a bond movie opening where it's like, here's our big opening stunt. We have the Amityville mm -hmm. horror contained within the first 20 minutes of the movie. Oh and yeah. Move forward. Yeah. It's like, That's but pretty they, neat. But they, they have it all that Ed and Lorraine were involved with. They didn't overdo their involvement with mm -hmm. Amityville and everybody know that'd just be boring to cover that again. Considering the first yeah, exactly. conjuring was very similar to Amityville. No, that's, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, I like that. It's like, how do, how do we open conjuring too? by like, let's make it like a bond movie where it's like, we have this right. kind of in media res, like throw, throwing them into something that's already familiar to you. It's like, that's, I was clever on James Wan's part. I think it'd be like the, if the next one well, had like a, a little tiss, uh, like, altercation with annabelle again or something just to open up uh -huh. i know i think they're gonna do, do well you know what's funny and i'll i'm gonna do a, a quick story because i was on the set of the conjuring 2 and it was before they hadn't announced officially that was amityville that was involved uh -huh. and again i'm a huge fan and i read the book when i was a kid i love those movies i love the first two so on the set they walked us into this one room and it was the top floor of the Amityville home and I just I was like oh, oh I want to get down on my knees and just <laughs> praise the movie gods because I, I just I love that I love that even even though most of the movies suck the idea of it is really creepy and really terrifying and I grew up with that kind of Amityville and the the flies the get out 
I still say that when I when people come to my house, I say get out. <laughs> well, true, true or not, with the uh, the family in Aunt, the Amityville, like if it's not true, then oh, what a creepy mother effer the James Brolin character is, or Ryan. Reynolds. Oh, right. You know what? You know right. what, guys? I got I, I something weird just happened. I'm sitting in my office, and this thing that I have in the closet just started moving by itself. It's me. I'm in the closet, actually. I'm moving it. You can't. Oh, cool. No, I, I'm, hey, like, Jimmy. I'm, literally, I'm literally talking about Amityville. It, in this, it really this is out now with Aaron and Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, guys, I'm saying this literally just almost fell on my head. Okay, well, we should, we should stop talking I'm about Amityville. I'm not kidding. Is, <laughs> apparently, we should, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Ed Gain oh, a bit, because he seems like a friendly yep. fellow. Um, <laughs> oh, I like him. You, you mentioned that already, Brandon. I mean, yes, he's he's, mm-hmm. he's been a key figure that's inspired Hannibal Lecter, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Psycho, among other things, I'm sure. Freddy Got Fingered. Freddy got fingered. Oh, wait, that, yeah, that, that, no, that's that wrong. Well, of yeah. course. And, I mean, yeah, the, the kind of the, the things he's, I mean, he's known for what? He, he murdered two people for sure, probably others, and also... Probably. Grave digging, most like they all are like based on a true story, and it's like based on a detail of a true story. Yes, yeah, yes, involving using parts of people to do stuff, (laughs) make things, um, Mm -hmm. which is creepy in its own right. But it certainly, I mean, it served as a lot of inspiration. There's a lot of others that have inspiration that I some are obvious, and others I actually was surprised by. I was doing a little research today, Uh, but Jack the Ripper is like another one. Obviously, I mean, there's. Mm -hmm. Not there's surprisingly not that many movies based off Jack. I mean, there's some notable ones, but and there's a lot of crap. From Hell. From Hell is the big one, which based is based off, the, off a comic book. Yeah, the too, Alan Moore yeah. graphic, like the Alan Moore Compodium, because it's like a thousand pages, and it's about Jack's back. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Spader. Yeah. There's that a, was that was, I didn't like that movie, but yeah, there were there, there was that movie. Not a horror movie, but Time After Time with uh, Malcolm mm. McDowell and um, David Warner. Uh, but well, they. they they actually talk about Jack the Ripper on Impractical Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. There. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's oh, see. Jesus. Uh, Charles Manson, um, you know, there's... Helter Skelter, the Helter, TV movie, Helter Skelter. was a little distur- disturbing, if you've ever seen it. I believe The the Strangers is a lot of influence by Manson. I believe the, the, what's the yeah, director? Yeah. Is the director Brian... Brian the Strangers I... guy. Well, that was also... But that was based on a true story. It was based the on... The Strangers. It, it was, was based, based off... Man- it was based off things he heard about in like his neighborhood, and also with some like Manson. And now there was a, a specific story that, that took place at some like uh, at least I read this. There was a it was this vacation spot, like a bunch of cabins or something. I know I'm going to mess up the story, but there was a night where people complained about they were hearing all these horrible things in this house, like things breaking, blah blah blah. And uh, I guess the next day they found the whole family had been murdered. They had broken the TVs. They sp- sp- uh, sprayed blood, spread their blood on the walls. The only one that survived was a baby. I, I could have sworn that was that was the uh, inspiration for the strangers, but I, I could be wrong. Brian I could Bertino. be wrong. Brian Bertino was the name of the. Uh, That's it. Is he doing? The, he's doing the sequel, correct or no? Mm, they had they made the sequel happen too at this point, but no, he's they not. Had a sequel? Not, there was a sequel. Yeah, yeah. there there's a sequel. Uh, he didn't do the sequel because he did he did something with the the monster last year was a movie he did. Oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. With uh, Zoe Kazan. Um, I, but yeah, I know there there was like a sequel because it it's 
done filming, so it's not out yet, I guess. Uh, but I don't think he's. No, it's not out yet. I think he probably he maybe he he wrote it. I see it now. He wrote it. It's directed by Laurent Breit. That's what it says here. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, Sounds right. Not but, based on Nate Gein. Yeah, but I mean, what you're saying as far as inspiration goes, like I, if that's part of the case, sure. I just I I know that Bertino also is taking a lot of influence from from the from the Manson murders. I know that was a oh, okay. big thing about it I mean, as well. Well, far, it makes sense. That's yeah, for sure. Or at least as far as his writing goes, I mean, there could be other things going on as well. Uh, we've talked about the strangers a bit on this podcast. Abe and I are both scared of the strangers. <laughs> Not a fan. No, it's, yeah. a, it's a really great movie. It's, it's a really it's, uh, too close to home. It's a great. It's a great Wait, sound why, why design is that? movie. Why is it too close to home? By too the way? too real. It's too real. Abe came home. That's the thing with. Keep going, Jimmy. Oh, I, I thought you were telling a real story. I was like, oh, that's that's. Creepy. Oh no no um, no, no. <laughs> no real story. It's just more of like you know, uh, it, it whatever well, whatever I mean, I, like that could happen. So you're saying like, it, it affected you very well. Yes, and that's that's a good thing because that's yeah. where yeah. it's like, wow, this is effective. Just the same way that Michael Myers in Halloween one and perhaps Halloween two, before he gets before there's a a, a reveal that he's been you know he's got supernatural powers. That's a yeah, it's more just movie. Halloween one because he you, yeah. usually people that are lit, lit on fire don't walk around like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, I would say Halloween. Yeah. Halloween one is it definitely has kind of that strangers vibe because you do. I love horror that you feel could happen, and I, I think that's right. that's a, the idea with home invasion is it can happen, and I, the the simplicity of the strangers. Well, you know, I on this, I'm on the IMDb for it, and uh, so the, someone gave it a one and said it was so boring and terrible. So I won't bother reading that, but uh, yeah, it's it's the simplicity of it and the, the idea that you know we all have that moment where we're, where we're feeling like we're being watched and that scene, you know, the the one scene where he's just sitting there watching her make her coffee or tea or whatever she's drinking is so just oh my god it's like the tension is so thick in that film it, it is it, 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 it is it, it's unsettling to me uh, mm-hmm. it really is. They really do is. break it up when they have uh, they cross over with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Dennis Reynolds comes in for a little bit. Well, as we learned <laughs> in that film, it's not always sunny in it's Philadelphia. It's not always sunny. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It wasn't. Um, so I mentioned Manson. Uh, so there's some other ones that I did find interesting. Uh, Child's Play is inspired by a true story. I saw that. That was yeah. weird. Yeah, there's like some what? like some like voodoo curse on a doll it was like part of the inspiration for writing Child's Play. Which yeah, I, really? I, yes. Are you sure? Yes. Sure. <laughs> um, also, the <laughs> the hills have eyes is based on. Yeah, it's based off true story. I could see that. I could like, what's, Cra- what's Craven like to base a lot of his things off of news stories here? Like Nightmare on Elm Street's based off a news story. Get that here, too. Right? Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about Hills Have Eyes for a second because it's about like the apparently like these cave dwellers in the 16th century that were like killing a bunch of people before they were finally killed themselves. That served as like Craven's <laughs> inspiration for writing a script that's way different from that kind of concept. Um, wow. The descent's a wow. little closer. <laughs> yeah. Right. What's the other one? Oh yeah, as you said, Nightmare on Elm Street, where uh, uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, Serpent in the Rainbow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird, yeah, Nightmare uh, on Elm Street. That's based um, on that a oh, weird experience, but it's a very creepy experience. Like he people, told people died of nightmares um, mm-hmm. in yeah. Cambodia. The, uh, yeah. the stepfather with Terry O'Quinn that was based off of a, a guy who uh, killed his entire family, took a new identity, and had a whole new family, and it they, he wasn't caught for like a long time. Mm. Yeah. 
many many years but that yeah that movie was based off of that the um the book of jaws was based off an incident where there were like a, a series of great white sharks in new jersey like there's mm -hmm. there's like really yeah. quotes for that like was uh, there also a terrible mayor yes there, yeah, there was a yeah. terrible <laughs> i mean that's that sounds like new jersey so i mean it's, it's fine <laughs> literally my favorite line in that ghostbusters remake and she's like you're being like the mayor in jaws oh, don't call me the jaws mayor <laughs> Don't ever compare me to the baby. No, yeah, a Abe and I are giant fans of Andy Garcia overreacting to being compared to Jaws Mayor. Is the it's one like the of the thing. greatest moments ever. I love that's that. that's I so love funny. Like, yeah. That's the kind of line where I'm like, okay, this movie's too long, but that is legit hilarious. Yeah, there's a, I like that movie a lot. Andy Garcia overreacting to Jaws Mayor yes. comparisons. <laughs> it's like, that's why he's in this movie, to do that line, and it's perfect. Yeah, he did it. Amazing. Um, Only he can do that in Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens in Geostorm. Uh, Zodiac is another. That's, oh, that's yeah. one that I had on oh. my list. Like God. wow, this uh, this is a little spooky here. And considering that I live in the Bay Area, it's just it's even spookier because where where they shot the movie, uh, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, I've been to some of those places. And it's like it's not it's guys, not fun, guys. That is a biopic. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. No, that I, scene where that scene where Gyllenhaal goes in that guy's basement and decides, yeah. ah, you know what, I need to go home. That it's is a Charles Fleischer's scary. basement, right? Uh, Roger, yes. Rab Roger Rabbit's basement. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Although I, I would say the scariest scene in that movie is when I, was it? It's Meredith Salinger. I, the, when the woman picks up the guy and he starts going, you know, I'm going to kill you and your baby. I yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. baby. Oh, it's uh, freaking... Ione Sky. Yeah. That, oh, Ione Sky. Ione yeah. Sky. Yeah. That movie, that scene gave me chills. I, I think I even like I, that might have given me a nightmare. That would that freaked me the well, even freak out. Uh, the broad daylight scene where he comes upon the couple out by that oh uh, yeah river or whatever, like, and right. it's just like it's so not what you expect from the scene. It's just it's a lot of tension. Yeah, that movie is. That's yeah. like, hopefully it goes back and it is rediscovered as one of the like best of. I, I think a lot of people do yeah, think yeah. highly, but I don't think. Enough do i don't think enough do but i mean it's not like fincher's meticulous direction in that movie is really what just kind of brings that home with all of the the amount of detail in in getting those you know the kind of the murder scenes to since there are kind of witnesses at them like to the like to the best possible degree he could have and shooting in the the very same places and getting the kind of explicit details about the cars that are around the area and whatnot and that like it's such a it's such a fantastic movie uh, for like a variety of, between performances and filmmaking, cinematography, and like the 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 amount of digital effects work that you never really realize unless you watch behind the scenes because there's a lot of green screen in that movie that you never yeah. really think about. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. create to really recreate San Francisco in the '70s, it's it's fantastic in so many ways, and certainly such a great movie, and certainly plenty of scary elements in it. Uh, not a horror, not a not horror, <laughs> police procedural drama. Yeah. But Abe, you'll, you'll be fine. Just as long as Ted Cruz doesn't come to town, I think you'll be okay. Oh, uh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, some other ones. That, let's see. I uh, yeah. I had a Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Oh yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is based off a real serial killer, but then they found out like a lot of it was came from his rantings and and about like and bragging about who all he killed, but then they found out a lot of it was bullshit have they did they actually find i, I mean do they know actually how many because i know he did kill a lot of he people. did kill a lot of people but he didn't kill as many as he said so some of them what a letdown man might have, might have been uh yeah <laughs> I, was, I was hoping like for like a lot i'm like yeah God. both him and tom tools character was 
they were based both based off of the serial killers. Yeah, yeah. God, that that's, that movie that, is, that's just that movie's just heart. Like, that's disturbing. a horror movie. That yeah, it's true. Oh my god, it's you need a shower yeah. And Rooker is great in it. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like where he kind of you know came from, and it's like it's such a fantastic, like really like a method performance of like it just. Looking oh yeah, at this he guy. feels real. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's like, not a moment in that movie that doesn't feel real when they're when they're terrorizing that family. Oh my yeah. god, it's well, disturbing. Just like sitting like watching it over and over because they film they film themselves. Yeah, doing they it. filmed it. Yeah, it's just like loving watching himself do it like break that woman's neck it's like oh my gosh so well, it, it has such a you know a, a distinct gritty style to it like it's really did that uh, john mcnaughton's the director right like, yeah did he, exactly did he do anything that really kind of matched up to that after that movie i mean did he do mad dog and glory with yes Uma? he did mad, he did mad I, dog i feel and like glory. yeah yeah yeah, he did a few things, but yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing that, that had the uh, that kind of that kind of. We're saying the same thing, so I wanted to see if yeah. we said the same things again. <laughs> that kind of magic. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> You're, that is magic. Kind of feel good, you know. Yeah, but like no, Rooker is insanely good in that movie. But also like, it's neat that he, you know, after that, like he took a lot of like roles that are very dissimilar um, to kind of mm-hmm. I, probably to keep himself out of being typecast as that guy because I mean he's in like a lot of. He's got some villainy type roles, but he also has a lot of like things like Days of Thunder, Cliffhanger, which is kind of like begrudged friend character, that kind of thing. Or... Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Mallrats. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mallrats is obviously a spiritual oh, sequel to to a right. Pedro Portrait of a Serial Killer. It's oh wait, I didn't know uh, John McNaughton did uh, Wild Things. That was that movie was pretty okay. awesome. Yeah, there you go. He so, did a few. So he did a few good ones. Oh, yeah, but no, the, and that and that movie also like wasn't it like delayed for like three years or something like that too? Like the it took a while for it to get released. Right? Henry. Henry. Oh yeah, I th- yeah. I believe it did. Yeah. Because, well, I think it was it was one of those things that they didn't know how to rate it because they it was unrated. I don't need. I don't think it got a wide release. I think it was one of those. Yeah. That it, I mean, it was a Chicago LA, shot movie and. I mean, yeah. they shot it in Chicago, and it's it's still. I mean, it's a one thirty three one. Shot film. I mean, it's not even uh, theater screen size. The film yeah. that they shot it, and then it was kind of probably just shot just to get something done too. So, well, was, by the way, I just want to interject very quickly. Yeah. I, I'm watching Zodiac on mute right now. And it's, the op- <laughs> it's, it's the opening sequence. The car is just pulled up and turned off its lights, and my heart is like starting to race. <laughs> uh, that's really happening, by the way. Yeah, they're, they're about to. Oh no! <laughs> they're about to shoot the uh, that kid that plays Minkus in uh, Boy Meets World, so he's gonna get shot. Oh my god! Yeah, in a, in a very like stylish kind of way. Oh, yeah, it was very exact. Um, anyway, talking about Henry, uh, that was one where like Siskel and Niebert were like a big help to that movie. I think because they gave such mm-hmm. like, a strong review to it, it's it's why it got kind of more attention than it would have. That's where I discovered it. I, I remember seeing the review, and I was like, "Well, I'm." I, and I worked at a video store at the time, and I remember uh, telling people about it, and they were I, someone actually came by, and they were like disgusted that they watched it. So I, I felt like I did my job. <laughs> and you really don't have a, I mean, a movie that focuses on the killer that much until like probably the remake of Maniac, right? That would focus uh, in, no, that, would, in that way. That's not killers, I would say. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think there's a few that I can. Yeah, there's a few. About. I mean, America, we talk about American Psych. I don't like, but yeah. that's done in a comedic sense. I, I mean, yeah, like okay. grimy and. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I I know there's been a. What about how oh, there's a? I think there's a couple of. Uh, I know there's others that are, I know, I that are explicitly using them as the main character. Well, there are so yeah. many others. Why can't you guys name them? Huh? <laughs> Devil's Rejects. 
Okay, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Which is Rob Zombie's heavily influenced by Henry. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, what? Yeah, he's never used Rooker, has he? He's used Tom Towles. Yeah, he's used Tom Towles. He's never used Rooker. James Gunn got a hold of him before. Yeah, before Zombie could. Although, but then, then again, Zombie does cameo in every one of James Gunn's films, so, you know, it's just a matter of time, right? Does he really? He's just trying to get to he, Rooker. That's yes, he, yeah, he, he usually has a voice or something in all of his oh, movies, okay. yeah. He, he's, mm. he's, he's, a, he's a part of the Gunn world. <laughs> the, oh, nice. The, Gun, the James Gunn cinematic universe, <laughs> Rob Zombie is a member. <laughs> I had Ravenous on my list, by the way, I had to point that out. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. Some, there's some loose <laughs> ideas. Uh, also, just because I love Ravenous and I'm happy shouting it out all the time. Uh, mm. This is where mm. I, I put an asterisk, so, uh, and that asterisk points to the Colts and McCavalcade episode of us talking about ravenous. And then you <laughs> insert a clip of the theme song. <laughs> yes, which I have. I well, could. ravenous is a lot like uh, Cannibal the Musical. They're very similar. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think Sorry. they feature cannibals, and there's some comedy in them. I guess. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think ravenous would have been better if he did start singing about Let's Build a Snowman. I think that would be really great. I mean, there's a lot oh, wait, of things that Pierce probably could tell you. I had Fire in the Sky, though I haven't seen that since the 90s. But I, yeah, I, that, I watched that recently. That trailer was that holds like, up pretty good. I remember That movie's pretty good, dude. All right, it holds up, holds up really well. I was surprised. I watched that recently for uh, Where in the Horror Are They Now Call Up. I was like, ah, this is pretty good. Does that have a Blu-ray, Fire in the Sky? I don't think it's Blu-ray now. No, I don't think because I feel like I've that's got an article to write November, so that, that, that's that's the only reason that I I haven't watched it more recently because I'm like I'm, yeah. I feel like that, that I'll probably enjoy revisiting it, but it's like I don't have a means of doing it without getting some yeah yeah I Paramount good luck on that happening yeah, oh boy yeah exactly okay um, Abe do you have any uh picks you want to add uh, not really True I mean stories. you guys yeah you guys have definitely named a lot of them that I've never seen. But at the same time, uh, I'm not huge on like uh, real life horror movies being adapted into movies, or real life horror stories being adapted into movies. Because again, some of that, if if they're like amalgamations of things, then that's that's a different thing. Kind of like Sense of the Lambs is is sort of like three different serial killers that uh, they they make Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um, mm. But you know where it's like, yeah, you know, I I don't need to see a movie about the Sharon Tate murders or anything like that. Like that's that's really not my jam. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I very rarely do I, I I'm not a huge, I, I, I like, well, I like some, but like, uh. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about ones a... that are like explicitly based off actual events. Actual that, events yeah, that, that you're yeah. going to like maybe recreate almost like, uh, with, with the same names of the people of real life people. And something Beyond something like, like Zodiac, which is obviously a, it's a procedural. It just happens. Sure. Yeah. Scary yeah. elements. But that, that's, that's what Jamie that's... pointed out. It's a police procedure. Or was yeah. that, uh, was that branded? No, I mean, that, what that we point, a... what we made sure is that it's not horror. That's what we said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. But. Right, yeah, so stuff like that where, uh, you know, um, I've seen, I actually thought that it was debunked that the Chainsaw Massacre was was based off of somebody real, but I guess that's that's not. No, well, I mean, it's, it's a detail. It's, yeah, it's based it off a detail. A deal oh, a detail. Of Ed Gein, Gein, yeah, it's based okay. off his, like, that he, you know, was a grave robber and wore the skin, that type of thing, because that's okay, what yeah. Ed Gein did. Yeah, so. there's, there's a lot but of, you there's... don't put off, you don't put based on details of a true story. You put based right. on a true story. Well, you yeah. And then, yeah. and then, yeah. if someone asks, 
you don't yeah. you don't want to overwork John Larroquette in the narration. That's that's the real <laughs> exactly. problem. Like, it's like the guy's already that giving you his John Larroquette. Yeah, he's he's already giving yeah, you. Yeah, he his, does the narration. Yeah, he's yeah, ar- he's, he's already giving you his time to read this thing. Um, so it's like okay, let's let's leave him alone for a bit. He already yeah. covered it. But yeah, John, Ed Gain is it's basically just yeah, stuff that's been extrapolated out of one thing that's turned into you know a myriad of things for like I mentioned Hannibal Lecter, uh, you know Norman Bates, and of course the Sawyer mm-hmm. family. So uh, let's see. Uh, uh, by the way, Fire in the Sky was uh, released on DVD in 2013, and now by Warner Archive, and runs at $150 if you'd like a copy. Of Jesus! It. I can't, I can't wait to, wow. to pick that one up. Uh, <laughs> um, but let's keep moving because I know we're running. Wait, I, I oh, yeah, you, you got, you got another for yeah, my yeah. picks. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I'll do. Well, let's really quick because we've discussed these films before, but I, I love the uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown, both oh, yeah, was on my list and too, the yeah. remake. Yeah, yeah, that's good both stuff. Of them fun. Yeah. Both of them good stuff. And it's, I, I highly recommend people watch both together because the remake functions as a sequel to the movie as well as deals with the real story. So it, both of those are really fascinating films. I, mean, I didn't love the ending to the remake, but that was he, the director wasn't happy with the remake, the ending, because they had him change it a little bit. But I, they're both really solid movies and... It's a, it makes for a great double feature. In the original, if you like those scenes we were talking about in Zodiac, the original town that Dread Sunlight Sundown kind of feels like an inspiration for those. Yeah, it very oh, much yeah. has this documentary yeah. feel to yeah. it. Which, uh, you it know, does have that narrator, which is kind of hokey, but you can put yeah. that aside. So does The Killing yeah. from Stanley Kubrick, which is a terrific movie. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And, of course, now we Blade, can Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. Uh, yes. As far as narration goes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's uh, okay, let's move on to art to the, the kind of last area of the. And yeah, Jimmy, you've mentioned. I, I feel like every year you mention the town that dreaded sunset. I know you're a big fan of the of, of both, both of those movies. I'm happy, I'm happy that you're keeping keeping hope alive and, uh, and getting more and more viewers of those uh, to come in. Uh, which I you know so I, I recommend. I, I do. I, I like the the first one as well quite a bit. Um, and I and the, the the second one's good. Like I, I there's some good visual stuff going on in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the last uh, kind of section of adaptation for this week, um, which is games. Uh, uh, so there, this is not as uh, not as many films that I can kind of categorize in here, but there's some notable things in here. Obviously, the one of the big ones is I mean, is you can go with video games, and you you have the you know the massive Resident Evil franchise, which I know mm-hmm. some of you are bigger fans <laughs> mm-hmm. of than I am because I am not a fan of this franchise. I enjoy I, uh... them, but I realize they're crap. They're so. no, they're dumb. I, I I enjoyed them in a like these are like I thought the first one I was kind of like well this is better than I was expecting it, was, it wasn't anything special and then the second one was junk, third mm. one maybe is the best overall the third, one. The, the fourth yeah, having not seen the fifth and sixth one, I do, I, and I don't feel like I'm losing out on anything. I do think the third one was one that stood maybe mainly because it probably it borrowed the most from films that i like mm-hmm. <laughs> like day of the mm-hmm. dead for example like it has a lot of stuff yeah it's, and it's it's directed by i think chuck russell right or is it chuck russell or is it one of the other guys just like two guys or russell mulcahy uh, yeah. russell mulcahy i get those two mixed mm-hmm. up for some reason uh but like and and you know that's he's a good director and i think he actually brought out some interesting visuals in that one but i still the, just i don't care much about the this fourth series. one <laughs> the fourth one isn't a good movie but i had a lot of good laughs watching that one i, I that, and it has like gonzo action stuff so so I was like, I, I didn't have a bad time watching it. It's not a good movie. 
But. Yeah, those those are I I just I enjoy those. I know they're trash, but they're they're one of those like I, yeah guilty pleasures, whatever you want to call it. I have like fun the with under, them. Some people like the underworld movies. I can I, I do can too. Tolerate, I can I tolerate do. Resident Evil movies. So I mean, hey, I mean, I can some, I'm some... good for both. You know what it is? It's I watch it. You know what? Like the difference with the underworld movies, which I think they're. I think I like the underworld a little bit better. (laughs) No, and I I literally told this to when I when I interviewed the cast. I was like, I think it's better because they talk in an English accent. It makes it sound. (laughs) much smarter than it actually is and and uh, theo james tended to agree you can tell he was like yeah these movies suck but uh, hey it's a paycheck at least he but, has that divergent franchise to lean back on okay oh no Ooh, that's a low blow low blow low blow why are we talking about rust and evil let's move on yeah we should because <laughs> well, because the, the, the crop doesn't get much higher here uh, as far as kind of horror video games that are turned into house movies. of the dead house oh, of the dead is, is that's the one that i put on my list because i i enjoy watching house of the dead it's ridiculous it's terrible it's, no but it's, it's, it's awful it's easily it's, Uwe Bull. it's Uwe Bull's best it's, film in my eyes <laughs> like it's, it's the only oh thing I, I don't think so it's the only I one mean, i can tolerate i can't tolerate the rest of his movies that's one where it's like it's so stupid there it's like okay like <laughs> there's not See, there's postal. not what postal was amazing postal's definitely a movie postal's <laughs> the one i kind of enjoyed it's ridiculous but i enjoyed it it's it's pretty bad but i enjoyed it but yeah no house of the dead is it is awful it is but it but it has it's a, really it, awful it, it, there's there's some choice lines of dialogue in that one that <laughs> killed me in theaters. Happened, like like uh house of the dead's written by the guy who wrote a uh, free enterprise uh, wrote and directed that movie which was like one of my favorite little comedies and then he's stuck doing this house of the dead movies which just mm-hmm. baffled me he wrote the second one too which Jeez. the second one's much better but it's just a trashy direct-to-video zombie movie with scott patterson and uh nadine velasquez mm. and uh what's her name that was like hot for a minute can't remember uh <laughs> saw two but uh, it's, i can't remember Oh, I don't know. I don't know. One, one film that people do lean on as being one of the better video game adaptations that also fits in horror is Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think it's very good. People I, like that? I like the visuals that are presented in that movie. I don't know if people like that. No, people, it, it, yeah, when you, when you ask people best movies based on video games, that's one that tends to come up. Mortal Kombat. Most. Easy. Well, I mean, I Wait. know that answer, but yeah. yeah was... Doom wasn't Doom wasn't the best? Doom is a, Yeah, Doom you didn't like God Mode at the end Doom, there where, where you, was... Carl Urban takes that medicine? <laughs> no, what I don't. What, what, uh, Doom's also on this list, and the problem with Doom is he has the BFG and he misses. It's like, <laughs> but no, Christopher Gons is silent. Oh, yes, visually there are certainly things happening. It's just a terrible movie. Still, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no, there's no I credit. Agree. I give it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, not. I'm not a. It's. Not, I, to be honest, I've never officially watched Silent Hill because I started watching it. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I like that you're honest that you can't fully review it if you haven't seen the movie, the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have to review it. I, I, I a friend of mine lent it to me because I was like, oh, I like the, I like what well, I think Rada Mitchell, correct? Yeah, Rada yeah. Mitchell and, and um, Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. Yeah. Sean Bean. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't care about them. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good cast. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, watch it. I'm like, I don't care. Well, it's like, so I, 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 that's why I don't care. I mean, how many of these video game movies have had great casts and just continue to? I mean, Michael Fassbender's like, yeah. I'm producing Assassin's Creed because I love Assassin's Creed. Apparently, it's a shit movie. I mean, it just there's, there's Wait, no stopping. Does he really thing. love Assassin's Creed? Well, he, I mean, yeah. he. 
<laughs> he got into it as it was going on, I guess, as he was making. But he like he produced it. He was very involved in the process. Like I think it was more just he really wanted to make a movie, like be involved in that process, and he chose that. And it's like, oh boy, this, this did he, not work out. If they were to make a great, really great video game movie, I think they could do it. I think they should just use Pong and just have two people in a room and just throw a ball at each other, and that's it. The whole movie. I think it'd be amazing. Be I'm gonna make that film. Yeah. It you probably it would first. be the best Jimmy o, video. Producer, Jimmy O, making Pong, Pong the movie. Pong, Pong the, movie. the movie. It could be a horror film, too. We could just throw, like, caps. You can, have the rights. you can have the rights for $5. Yeah, probably. Probably it'd be cheap. I, had the, I once had the uh, rights to uh, do a screenplay for Deja Vu. It was a, uh old Nintendo game from the 90s. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, they gave it uh, 20 bucks for one year. Huh. I could, Damn. I could write in a copyrighted screenplay. I never finished it, though. Damn. Yeah, they're like, wow. uh, (laughs) There's always time. $20. I was looking at Christopher Gons, who did Silent Hill. It's like, what what happened between 2006 and 2014 when that Beauty and the Beast movie came out? Like, he just had done nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess he was preparing for Beauty and the Beast. I guess guess so. I know he's probably been developing other things. He was waiting waiting for Emma Watson to grow up. That was what he was doing. No, no. He did that. Oh, God, I hated that movie. I hated that remake of Beauty and the Beast. I'm sorry. That's, that's, I'm sorry. That was terrible. Oh, we can move on. Uh, I talked. Okay, I mentioned, yeah. I mentioned Doom already, which is not good. is is a, It's a terrible movie. And <laughs> um, one other one that it, well, that, that that's the extent of like video game ones. There's some other things. Yeah, there's really there's there's, there's not really much, but there is there's, there's, there is no. the, there, there is one thing that that's going to be a movie. It's the Slender Man. What? Which yeah. Is that based on a game? Well, no, it's it's based off. There's a lot of inspiration for Slender Man. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's okay. a mix of like folklore, web videos, no, I, yeah, and whatnot. No, but no, it's also I... it ha- but it has been turned into a game, and and that and they're making a Slender Man movie as well. Not explicitly based game? off not explicitly based oh, on the video game, but I do think it's worth mentioning just because it is kind of this. It is an adaptation of this kind of folk well, character. Well, they made a few movies of Slender Man. They made one in 2013. They made Slender in 2016. So I mean, they—it's not. I mean, that's a popular kind of horror icon nowadays. Yeah, it, it it's. I mean, they're again, they're they're making like an actual movie mm. movie from it. So. That's interesting. Neat. Yeah, I screwed uh, up my I screwed up my Beauty and the Beast. I'd like to correct myself. I meant Leia Sudo, not Emma Watson. I was kind of curious yeah. what you were going. I, I, I was sorry. Okay, <laughs> that one I didn't mind. I actually liked his version but they, yeah once you said emma watson i'm like that, that I, I thought you were stopped. making a joke of some sort so i could no, yeah, I, no, no. my brain went yeah. <laughs> let's see what else uh okay so there, there are some board games um there's two notable ones that i'll get to in a second but i wanted to bring up this one first even though it's not quite horror clue yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. i thought about talking about clue there's murder that's, there, there's that's a literally yeah. the best video game game to game to screen murder movie or something and what's great about is they show you all the endings Mm-hmm. <laughs> they that's did what? originally. That's a f- fun flick. It is a fun flick. It has a great cast, a great cast of comedy performers. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that one up. It is you know more of a mystery comedy, obviously, than a horror movie. But I mean, I'm just trying to stretch this concept thin here. The other two obvious ones are Ouija and Ouija: Origin of Evil. Uh, Ouija is a terrible Which, movie. Or- 
Uh, yeah, but Origin of Evil would really improve the. Uh, yeah. I was shocked at how good that was. Yeah, well, Mike Flanagan did a great job with that. So I, yeah, that that Mike Flanagan's kicking ass lately. I yeah. lo- I like that dude. And we, good we, mentioned, we mentioned Stephen King. He has Gerald's Game coming on a Netflix literally two days from now, which I'm very excited to see. I, I we it. just uh, our guy Eric Wilkowski just reviewed that for Arrow in the Head. I think he gave it a nine out of ten. He yeah, it's, it's got a lot of raves at a, a lot of raves at a fantastic fest. So yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I cannot. Good. Wait. There's also a witch board based off the Ouija board with uh, Connie Kane. Yeah, that was after she got in the car of uh, after that guy's car. She got in that guy's car. Mm-hmm. White snakes. That guy. White snake video. Remember? Yeah. Oh, which one? She was in a multiple. Well, there, there was the the, the famous one, the famous one that one? really. Yeah. Here we go again on my own. Wait, is he here on the show? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> But yeah, which board? Yes, I know which board things, but I, I did want to mention Origin of Evil because that's a, just yeah. a solid horror movie. I mean, it does, no, it's really good. It had, it's like oh, oh, yeah. here, here we go. Why am I watching this? Oh, this ain't bad. And you can actually watch the Ouija's yeah, in reverse order and still be fine. Yeah, you can. You or can just well, watch. You can also just one. not just watch Ouija watch. and also be fine. I mean, it really works that way. Pretty <laughs> yeah, well. I, I right, think, yeah, I think that's the better way to go. I I, I will never watch. Ouija you know, the again. first that Ouija feels sucked. like the first Ouija feels like someone took. If I was like one of my middle school scripts, no middle school scripts, and actually like fully produced it into a studio film without any changes, that's what it felt like to me. Because I'm like, no, no, I think yeah, I think you're being too uh, kind to it. Actually, <laughs> it wasn't. Oh that no, good. it felt like I was watching. So I'm like, this feels like my shitty writing when I was in middle school. Like how I would write characters. Like how the... who what adult wrote this? But. It's just both that that and Annabelle. It's like these just awful, horrid movies that happen to make money, and fi- thankfully the studios are like, okay, well let's give them to directors who can actually make a good movie. I I think it was I don't know if I think it was the Annabelle director who did Wish Upon, which is so so the nun <sighs> suck, but uh, none too none your business is going to be awesome. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm excited for that. I think that'll be good. I'm excited for that. <laughs> if, they, if that if that if that subline is is in there, I'm all for it. <laughs> None your business. Yeah, None your business. Yeah, wait. Um, None your business. There are other things uh, that kind of I'm stretching really thin now, but they're because one's not really horror. And uh, the other Disney's thing. the haunted mansion. No, right. Um, well, those are rides, oh, but no, I was thinking of like Lawnmower Man because of all the VR involved in that. It's not quite. Yeah. Yeah, and Existence, um, which is not really a horror movie per se, but I mean, yeah, it's, close enough. But it's not, ba- and it's you know, it's an original creation as opposed to being based specifically on a game. It's more of Dave Cronenberg fucking with you by creating a weird video game world. Classic Cronenberg. Um, um, and so, like, I you know normally try to think of like what's coming next with this kind of genre, but yeah, you're just gonna get more true stories and more you know horror films based off books. The advent mm-hmm. of VR um, is certainly you know interesting I, I there's been a lot of things based in that kind of that realm uh, lately coming out um kind of using that to his advantage for both marketing purposes and just separate games in general um, we're like finally I, getting a polaroid wow. movie based off the camera <laughs> I, oh, I saw no. the trailer for that I cannot wait looks terrible i cannot wait it's i was like, like I was like, please tell me this isn't called Polaroid. It's going to be called... Nope, it's called Polaroid. I'm pretty sure I said that exact thing to Anna as we saw the trailer in a movie. I, I looked at her. I was like, it's yeah, going to be called no, Polaroid. I was like, <laughs> I was like this, please don't call it Polaroid. Please don't call it... It's called Polaroid. Yeah. I'm waiting for next year when they release Rubik's Cube. It's really good. I, <laughs> Rubik's. <laughs> <laughs> Rubik's. 
Here's the Be rub. careful when you match those colors. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm wearing green. I think I think we've um I think we've reached the 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 end of our adaptation. Uh, yes. Uh, episode here. I think we've we've covered quite a bit of things. I think we mentioned a lot of films uh, as well. A lot of previously good films before we got to this game section. <laughs> There's less less of them to go into. Um, <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's this first episode of the of the specials. I know I know Jim, you got to go, so I'm going to try to wrap it up here. Um, but uh, I know next okay. week for uh, episode for you know the second installment of our of our yearly uh, horror episodes, we're going to go over uh, the the careers of uh, Toby Hooper and George A. Romero, who both uh, you know unfortunately passed away this past this year. R.I.P. Um, but yeah, we've done director spotlights in the past, and I thought that'd be a good one to kind of tap into as well. Uh, I think that should be. I think there's plenty of ground to cover with those, and I think that should be a lot of fun to to go over as you you know you know icons of in in horror. So yeah, as we mm-hmm. uh, as we wrap up here, uh, where can people find everybody's work? Uh, Jimmy O. Uh, you can find me joeblow.com, arrowinthehead.com. Uh, you can find me occasionally producing stuff. Uh, you can uh, find me on Instagram, uh, Periscope, uh, all the all that Jimmy to the O. Uh, now I'm Jimmy Wise. The Dancing Clown on Twitter, uh, something like that, and Facebook. Yeah, you can find me all those places. <laughs> Brandon Peters, Cultsima Cavalcade, um, CultsimaCavalcade.com. Our next episode, I believe, will be uh, when this drops. Will be the next week where we talk Shocker with Brian Collins from Birth Movies, Death, and Horror Movie a Day. And then I also have a project coming up called Don't Flinch, which will be launching its campaign. Um, on Friday the thirteenth, but I'll give you more details Ooh, as these, uh, as these, uh, as we plug along on these. Very cool. Uh, you know where you can find all of our stuff. Uh, you Ooh. can you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, your walrus moose. <laughs> um, uh, you get our podcast. You know where our podcast is: iTunes, Audio Boom, our Facebook page, our Twitter page. You got all that stuff. I, I look forward to next week with you guys. Thank you, thank you, Jimmy and Brandon for coming on with us today. Hey, thank of you course. for having us, guys. Thanks. This should be yeah. a lot. This should be a lot of fun, fun carrying forward. And this was, you know, it always goes on longer than I expect. And this was a lot of fun to do. Um, I hope we can get Jason Coleman uh, on one of these as well. I know he's he's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of life stuff going on. So it's like, uh, he, yes, he, he does. Know, yeah. He doesn't know how much time he's going to have. But um, you know, he's one of the regular installments um, um, along with you know the for the four of us on these horror episodes. Oh, every... actually, yeah. And actually, actually, speaking of Jason, let me mention uh, Jason and I do flicks for fans together, where we do uh, screenings for fans with prizes and guests. And hopefully, we'll be doing the, one of those at some point soon too. Very cool. Hopefully, awesome. yeah. But until yeah. next time, when we talk about uh, Toby Hooper and uh, George A. Romero, that's going to do it for this uh, special bonus horror episode. So until next time, next week, uh, that's going to do it. So so long and goodbye. Take